I just thought Nick was a fun sucker and fun sucker. Yeah. Didn't it like almost like the more miserable we can be in working towards these money milestones, <laughs> the better is kind of where I thought Nick's that head was so... at. We're Nick and Hannah True, and we're here to help you go from feeling confused, stressed, and ashamed about your finances to having a budget that reflects your values, provides clarity and confidence in your daily spending decisions, and fosters unity between you and your spouse. We'll help you craft a money story that not only gives you personal freedom, but also creates a positive impact in your family and community. Welcome to Craft Your Money Story, a Mapped Out Money podcast. So as we mentioned in our last yeah, two last, episodes, last couple episodes, yeah, we've been reading Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney, and we're still really early on in the book, but like two key points have stuck out to us like big time about discipline in general. And these apply to like absolutely anything, whether yeah. it's working out and health or your money or, you know, your spiritual journey, whatever. So those points are, hello, Scout. Hello. Uh, a scout sitting beside me and like pawing at me. If you, if you're not watching the video, I'm not talking to an invisible. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, okay. So the first point is the alternative to discipline is disaster. And that's a quote from Vance Havner. And then the second point is discipline without direction is drudgery. And that's a quote from Donald Whitney in the book. So I think most of us kind of know the, um, that the alternative to discipline is disaster. We see that play out in our life in a lot of different areas. Um, But I think what a lot of us miss is that it doesn't have to be drudgery. So um, I'm going to open up with a, with a story that kind of illustrates the second point really well. And it's just like the first section out of this book. So imagine six year old Kevin, whose parents have enrolled him in music lessons After school, every afternoon, prompted by his mother, he slouches into the living room and strums songs he must practice but doesn't like while watching his buddies play baseball in the park across the street. That's discipline without direction. It's drudgery. Now suppose Kevin is visited by an angel one afternoon during guitar practice. In a vision, he's transported to Carnegie Hall. He's shown a guitar virtuoso giving a concert. Usually bored by classical music, Kevin is astonished by what he sees and hears. The musician's fingers dance on the strings with fluidity and grace. Kevin thinks of how stupid and clunky his own hands feel when they halt and falter over the chords. The virtuoso blends clean, soaring notes into a musical aroma that wafts from his guitar. Kevin remembers the toneless, irritating discord that comes stumbling out of his own. I so relate to this in my (laughs) uh, early music lesson days. Um, But Kevin is enchanted. His head tilts to one side as he listens. He drinks in everything. He never imagined that anyone could play the guitar like this. What do you think, Kevin? Asked the angel. The answer is a soft, slow, six-year-old wow. The vision vanishes and the angel is again standing in front of Kevin in his living room. Kevin, says the angel, the wonderful musician you saw is you in a few years. Then pointing at the guitar, the angel declares, but you must practice. Suddenly, the angel disappears and Kevin finds himself alone with his guitar. Do you think his attitude toward practice will be different now? As long as he remembers what he's going to become, Kevin's discipline will have a direction, a goal that will pull him into the future. Yes, effort will be involved, but you could hardly call it drudgery. 
I so this is like the first chapter of the book, and when yeah, I read that, like, I was like, my mind was just blown. Yeah, because it just illustrates it so. Oh well. my gosh! I mean, we so we've been doing you know visioning, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But like, we've been doing this uh, with our finances for years. But that language of the discipline requiring direction, that simple quote and idea, just so uh, concisely put this. I don't even know. Like it was so, it just blew my mind that I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is it. This well, is the you've key. always started out um, talking about budgeting, like in Ahead of 100 and everything, the group course that you do, like you've always tried to hammer home. Um, you like, you've got to know why yes. you're doing yeah, this, yeah. but people tend to be like, yeah, 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 whatever. And they want to skip that part mm-hmm. and just jump into the like, just teach me how to do the budget thing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And it's like the technical stuff isn't what you're missing. No. Like that, that's not even the main thing. People think that's the main thing, but it's, it's not. not, it's not at all. No. Yeah. So I love this. And, and so to your point, going back to the first point of like, um, what, what was it? Discipline. The alternative to discipline, the alternative is, disaster. To discipline is disaster. So this is like, if you're listening and you don't have a handle on your money and you don't have a handle on your finances and you don't really know what you're making, what's going out, what's happening, you, you likely feel like you're in financial disaster. Um, and a lot of people feel that way. And so to your point, I think it's really, it's intuitive. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I felt in our first year of marriage, because like I had been budgeting on my own up until we got married. And I was like, you know, uh, very in control of my money. And then like when I added a second person to this game, um, I felt like if we, we might hit disaster. I mean, I, I felt like I was, um, um, going to, to, you know, have a disaster if we didn't somehow have some discipline, uh, in our finances. And so, well, God super blessed us with parents who gave us a a good foundation when it came to money stuff. So like both of us came into it with, I think more foundational knowledge than a lot of people and a better and a better starting place than a lot of people. Um, and then you're just naturally interested in finance and like very spreadsheety, um, (laughs) And so you kind of had a general direction for our finances from the get go. And, um, but it it was, it was very vague things like, you know, no debt, having an emergency fund, having retirement accounts. I wanted to invest, I want, you know, all that stuff. And so we had a certain level of, uh, discipline from the time we got married, but it was definitely drudgery because we didn't have, we didn't have a meaningful direction that was common not at all to like the both of us not at all yeah i mean that i mean the first year of marriage was really tough for a lot of reasons um one of them you know was our income was super low um we're both still in college um you know so so that first year was hard for those reasons on top of the fact that it's your first year of marriage and you're trying to figure out like how to do life together and all that stuff um but absolutely like in my mind, I was so clear on why we needed to be disciplined with money, um, but it, but you did not share the same uh, sense of direction, let's call it. I don't even know if it was that. I mean, I agreed with those core directional things, but I just think 
I think that, again, we were missing that it doesn't have to be drudgery. So well, we were missing that, that there was, there was direction that we could build together and like a vision that we could have together that would make the discipline you agreed, enjoyable. Yeah. No. So like we both, you agreed with like some of the financial things, like it's wise to not have debt. It's wise to yeah. invest. It's wise to have emergency money. But I, I would say both of us, me, me included in this, neither one of us had really connected it to a deeper sense of direction. Yeah, like, exactly. What does the no debt allow you to do? Yeah. What does the investing allow you to do? Yeah. Um, like one of the questions I ask clients a lot is I'll say, um, uh, can you paint me a picture of what your life would be like if you were debt free? Cause they'll, they'll say, well, I want to be debt free. And then I go, why? Like how, how would your life be meaningfully different if you were debt free? Um, and that's the sense of direction that we didn't have yeah. for those early years. And that was one of the reasons that it felt like judgery. Yeah. There's these, um, just trying to clarify it a little more. There's like these milestones that I think are like, most people agree like, oh yeah, these are a good thing to work towards, like paying off debt and saving for retirement and all of those things. And in a way those like are direction, but if you don't have something deeper than just that milestone, yeah. Um, pulling you forward, it absolutely the, feels the, like drudgery. Yeah, paying off debt and, and investing is not strong enough. It's not compelling yeah. enough, for sure. Yeah. So what was the first thing that was compelling enough? It was Scout. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nick knew that I wanted a dog, and um, he... I just thought Nick was a fun sucker and fun sucker. Yeah. Didn't it like almost like the more miserable we can be in working towards these money milestones, <laughs> the better it's kind of where I thought Nick's that head was so... at. Um, but <laughs> no fun, no yeah, fun, Nick. No, no fun, Nick. Um, but that really wasn't, that really wasn't how Nick was. And, and so he realized like, Hey, you really want this dog. And he explained, I am not against the dog. I just want us to do the dog in the right way. And so that means, you know, thinking about, okay, what's the initial cost of the dog that we want to get? And what is it going to look like ongoing expenses to do the level of food that we want to do and, you know, do all the vet care and do this and save for unexpected the things. The dog we end and, up with, does it have to be groomed? Are we going to yeah. get their nails trimmed? Or are we going to trim their nails? Yeah. Like, and you can look at Scout and see that the answer to those things is yes, she does <laughs> need to be, she needs to be groomed right now. Um, but, but yeah, so, so I realized like, oh, okay, Nick's not no fun, Nick. We just have to work towards these things like in a certain way, um, so that he can feel good about them and like we can enjoy them together. And that was kind of an eye opening experience. So like for the first time talking about money was fun yeah. instead of like before really it was like a tense conversation at best and an argument really at worst of me being like, man, why are you like so uptight about this thing? Yeah. Um, like I'm getting mad that we went to McDonald's or something. Yeah. Right? And it's like, and, and again, like, you know, those early years we, we've both had to come to the middle. And so I've had to like recognize when I'm being way too uptight um, and then also try to figure out shared directions. And so, hey, y'all, I wanted to take a moment and let you know that if you're looking for some help to finally take control of your money and make some strides towards your financial goals, then you should check out Ahead in 100. This is our group coaching program where I, along with our coaching team, will work with you to create a step-by-step -step plan and help you gain clarity, direction, and confidence with your money. 
We've had over 500 students go through the program since we launched in 2019, and we'd love for you to be next. We take new groups through a couple of times a year, and if you're interested, you should go to aheadin100.com to learn more and get on the waiting list. All right, now let's get back to the show. To give you something to to like to chew on practically, like how did Scout really bring us together? It was truly sitting down and going, hey, you know, I, I did some research, I think, to get like to get the dog spayed and like to get the initial shots, like here's how much all that's going to cost. And then, you know, if we budget this much per month for food and this much for like grooming and then saving for vet bills, and then we also have pet insurance and here's how much that's going to be. Um, then I was able to kind of come to Hannah and say, here's kind of what I think we need initially. And then here's kind of what we need per month ongoing. Um, what, like, I'm willing to work with you on the budget. How can we figure out a way to make this happen, basically? Yeah. And, like, so now all of a sudden you're much more interested in talking about, okay, well, you know, I'm willing to cut back here and here yeah. and here if it, it means It wasn't drudgery to not eat out as much because we were saving up for Scout. Yes. Um. Yeah. You had a sense of direction that now we can get excited about and, and the budget becomes a tool that helps us achieve something you really want rather than just this thing that beats you over the head and says you don't get to have fun. Totally. Yep. And then over time, you know, like it, it starts, it started out with Scout. Um, and that was, gosh, what was that? We got Scout in 2016. I think so. We talked about this the other day and I can never remember. I think it's 2016. And, you know, um, th- that's a relatively small, um, vision, if you will, or sense of direction, right? Getting a dog is not this monumental thing, but that was the thing that helped us come together. Well, and it gave us a taste of like, Oh, like when we have something that we're working towards together, yes. all of a sudden this is more fun. The discipline of the budget is not drudgery. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so over time, the visions became bigger, right? And the the direction became bigger. And so it became wanting to quit jobs so that we could travel or have control over um, our time a little bit more. Um, It became wanting to buy property. It became, you know, lots of different... Excuse you, (laughs) (laughs) Scout. Lots of different um, things that it grew because we started small. And then over time, it was like, well, we were able to get a dog. Like, what else? could we be disciplined about that maybe we we could get yeah. through this budgeting process yep so i think um like we should just dive into the vision doc to maybe give people a taste of what you know what we do if that sounds good yeah that's good so i'm gonna um we can share this so if you're watching the youtube video we can like pull this up um and just kind of do some footage for kind of showing what this is and what this looks like and then also if you're listening and you want to grab um, an example of this, you can go to map.money.com forward slash vision, and you can download this template there. Um, but the, the vision template basically has kind of three core sections. And the, the first section is values and priorities. And so if you scroll down in the template that's linked, you'll see an example or an excerpt that we've pulled from our vision document. Um, one of the examples I, I often give people is I'll, I'll say, so in our values and priorities, um, like the top one is our relationship 
with Christ individually and together. And then we have uh, having an active and healthy lifestyle, supporting extended family with our time and resources, uh, building a family with our time and resources, control over our time, flexibility and freedom, sense of belonging, uh, living in an area that we love, and new experiences and traveling. And when I say values, I think it's important to recognize this isn't like we value hard work and honesty. Uh, It's like values that actually help you make decisions. Yeah. Um, And so often the example. those things do help you make decisions. Well, they do. But like it's not. um, That's. um, More concrete. More concrete. I guess is what we're. Yes. Yeah. So like the example I often give is um, we do value living in a climate and an area that we love. That does matter to us. Um, that's why we initially moved to Fairhope and because we love it. We would prefer heat and beach uh, as to cold and not beach. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that is important to us. However, for this season of our life, it's uh, not the it's most, not important, the most thing. important thing. Yeah. Uh, being near family is more important. And so we moved. And so having clarity on that, uh, on those values was helpful for us in making that decision. The next section is an ideal day. Uh, and so this is like a typical Monday through Friday. What would like a perfect day look like? And And this is like, I think people get really hung up on like trying to make this perfect. And it's, it's totally not like we kind of said, think of all of these things as a draft mm -hmm. and don't get too precious about them because yeah, I mean like you kind of lay out your ideal day and probably most days are not going to go according to this, but it is nice because you can kind of look and go like, okay, well, like ideally, you know, what would I be working on right now or whatever? And you can kind of, kind of use it to get back on track if you have something that really totally. disrupts you. And it, it does impact your budget, right? Because like if your ideal day included, um, going out for lunch at work, well then you would need to make sure that you're budgeting adequately yeah. to go out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if your ideal day includes, um, working out, you got to know, are you doing that at home? So you need equipment or are you doing that uh, at the gym? So you got to pay for that. And so the ideal day does this all impacts your money ultimately. Totally. And then the, the last section, uh, which is kind of the more fleshed out section is the milestones. And so we typically will go, uh, one, three, five years and we break up each section into life. You kind of, you skipped over like your, kind of the menu for like an ideal oh, weekend yeah. and then like, um, ideal week activities. And I like both of those. Um, I like those sections. So like an example is, um, for our ideal weekend menu is like maybe visiting family now that we live close to the mountains, maybe like hiking or biking or like you playing Frisbee. I'll watch you play Frisbee. Um, working <laughs> well, on the building, doing some projects and like going to church. And the reason we call it a menu is because we don't expect to visit family, hike, bike, Frisbee, right. church, and work on the building every yeah. weekend. But it's like, it's like, maybe we can pick one or two of those things each and make weekend. sure that we're doing those yes. each weekend. And so it helps give us uh, a way to be more intentional with our weekends rather than letting them slip away in front of Netflix, basically. Yeah. Um, and so then we kind of have a similar list for things that we hope to fit in during the week, you know, like maybe a run somewhere fun meals with family, um, making sure that we're making time for hobbies. Yeah. Stuff like that. Going to a coffee shop. So fun stuff. Exactly. It's just, it's all about being intentional and like crafting your life consciously. Mm -hmm. Um, one might even say crafting your money story. (laughs) Yes. One might say that. 
So then we have the milestones. And uh, like I was saying, the milestones have three sections. Um, life, which to me is like where we talk about habits, um, hobbies, places we want to travel. It's more lifestyle stuff. Uh, and then family or relationships. Uh, so it could be your friends too, not necessarily just family, but basically relationships. And then the third section is like financial and wealth or career. And so in each of these sections, we'll put, you know, kind of milestones. So like uh, by January 2024, what are some things we want to have achieved? Well, um, we want to have gone to the beach. Uh, this past year, we want to make sure we've camped in the Smokies. We want to make sure that we've done a couple trips to Dollywood. Um, we want to be uh, doing our regular Bible study, prayer, and working out routines. Under family and relationships, we want to make sure we're making time for regular date nights. Um, we want to get into a groove of spending time with each of our families. We want to um, maybe even volunteer with some adoptive or foster ministries. So these are some items under family and relationships that we want to do by 2024. And then finance and wealth, we have some goals around um, the daily bread, which is our co-working and building space. And then um, our other big financial goals right now are continually saving money for our next property, either another short-term rental or a long-term house. All right. Our battery died. So there's going to be a weird cut and a different dog on the couch with you. (laughs) (laughs) But we're back. Um, So going out three years, uh, like I said, I'm not going to read all this, but just some highlights from like three years would be um, building on some of the stuff that's one year out. And so for me, I'm wanting to start jujitsu by this year. Three years from now, I hope that I'm in a regular groove. Maybe I've moved up a belt or two and I'm doing it a couple of times a week. Um, We'd like to travel to Israel at some point in the next three to five years. Um, A lot of our habits are unchanged. And so still weekly date nights, still daily Bible study, still daily working out. We hope to have um, maybe a clearer picture of what long term looks like, how long we're staying at the building versus when we're going to buy a long term house. Um, And then hopefully in three years, we have either um, we're prepared financially to buy another short-term rental property, or we are prepared to start looking at uh, houses for us long-term. So, and then five years, we, you know, build from there and and that kind of thing. And so um, I think the thing um, I was going to point out here is like, this is different than just straight up like goal setting. Yes. Like these are not detailed, like smart goals or whatever. Um, Absolutely. These are things that would help guide you when you're setting specific goals for for whatever season. Direction. Yeah. It really is a, a sense of direction of where we're trying to go. And so the way that I think about like the, the vision and then how this connects with the budget is that we use the vision to ultimately then go and update our budget to make sure that we are saving for the things on our vision. And, um, and we set goals, if you will, short-term goals inside of the budget itself. Um, but to your point, the vision is high level bullet point, sense of direction, milestones, where are we going? Yeah. And like you were saying, like going back to your budget and and looking at maybe some of the data that you have and going like, okay, these top three things that we're spending money on, are those in our, our vision document? Like, or are these things kind of out of alignment with what we actually want to be spending on and working towards? So that's kind of, um, an overview of, of the vision doc and the way that we, um, 
have our sense of direction for, for why we're disciplined with the budget. I wanted to make two more points um, on this. So the first is really just highlighting, because it can't be overstated, how this truly is a draft. And your vision document, your 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 sense of direction will change over time. And we change ours all the time. We change ours time. all the time. Yeah. All the time. And there's there's like there's no shame in changing it because I mean, I don't know. Things your situation change. changes. Things change. yeah, yeah. Like um, so do not be bothered by like changing things and yes. going like, well, I said this was important and whatever. Um, and along those lines, like if you set a vision and you try to incorporate those things into your budget and you're like continually just blowing through it, mm-hmm. like that might be a cue that you need to go into your vision and change some things. Yep. Like maybe exactly. I wasn't really realistic with myself about like what my true vision for the future is and maybe what i said is important isn't what actually is important yes this is a continual game of aligning your actions what you're spending your money on with um your beliefs right what you believe is important and your vision for your life yeah and bringing those two things together yeah and as a very like small example like one thing that has fluctuated a lot for us in different seasons of life is like whether or not eating out spending yes to like a, a lot <laughs> is aligned with our our vision and values and like we have been in some seasons that are really busy like when we were prepping our house to move um and we before we sold yeah. oh my gosh we ate out so much but i'm like absolutely i'm willing to spend money on that yep. just from convenience the convenience was worth like, it at that I, time yeah. yeah um but then that shifts and we cut back on that um in a well, different season so and when literally that first year of marriage i think we were spending less than 30 dollars a month eating out for sure maybe less than that um like we're spending basically nothing um, there have been other seasons of our life where we were spending $500 a month eating out. Yeah. And then there, uh, I think today, like right now we budget 170. Uh, and so depending on what season of life we're in and what we're prioritizing, um, our budget, the discipline, if you will, changes, Yeah. but because it's all tied into a sense of direction, it doesn't. Like when we cut back on eating out, it never feels like, oh, bummer. No, but also when we're spending a lot in that area, I don't feel like racked with guilt over it. I'm like, yeah, we're spending a lot on that and I'm glad because I do not want to have to be cooking and cleaning up on top of like everything else that we're trying to do right now. So, yeah. So then the second thing that I wanted to say on the vision, and this has been true for for us, and then I've seen it repeatedly with clients, is that at some point, your sense of direction has to change from running away from something to running towards something or said another way, um, avoiding pain so that, uh, you can achieve a positive. So many people, they initially start budgeting and managing their money and, um, trying to improve their finances because they want to avoid pain. So they, they've got so much debt, they hate their job, um, they feel like they're trapped or overwhelmed, and they're like, I got to get a handle on this because I'm in pain and I got to get away from this pain. And um, for me, that was one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to, to you know, build Mapped Out Money and, and you know, grow our income and But then once you get away from that thing, but once you actually achieve it, it's no longer motivating. Mm -hmm. And so what I see over and over and over again with folks is they'll initially start budgeting because they want to pay down debt because they're in pain. But then maybe they get all the way debt free, but maybe they just get like half their debt paid down. 
and they just get to a point where um, it's comfortable, mm-hmm. and they've kind of gotten the main, the major pain Stressor off of them, or whatever. Yeah, and now they're just kind of in a comfortable place, and they loosen up. And they become way less disciplined. The habits that they had built, they start to wane. And it's because that pain is no longer motivating. It's not um, a strong enough sense of direction anymore for the discipline to really stick. And so they have to then create a new sense of direction that is not about avoiding pain, but it's about running towards something that's really exciting. And so I just want to call that out because um, I... I had that, um, you know, my biggest thing for a long time was wanting mapped out money to be our full-time job. And I left engineering to do freelance work, but freelance work was always a stepping stone to doing mapped out money full-time. And when I achieved that and, um, and when mapped out money was our full-time thing in 2020, I felt myself kind of feel lost. Yeah. And like, oh, what am I working towards now? Kind of go, yeah, kind of go through a sense of like a little bit of an existential crisis of like, what, what am I doing? Why am I, what's my sense of purpose or mission or goal here anymore? And I lost my gumption for mapped out money for a little bit. And, and it was because I had achieved the running away from the pain, but I needed a new sense of direction, a new vision that was going to excite me. Um, to keep going and keep growing and be disciplined. So that's kind of the, the other reason that your vision and your direction has to change over time is because as you achieve things, you've got to figure out, um, what's going to keep motivating you to stay disciplined. Yeah. Okay. So along those lines, we wanted to talk about how, like recognizing that this is a journey and hypothetically, like you'll keep getting better as you go. You'll keep working towards bigger things. And that's great. But embracing the journey so that it's not coming from a place of discontentment. Yes. Um, Which is a hard balance. Yeah, it is a hard balance. But I think as a Christian, like keeping your priorities in order, knowing what's truly important and, and all of that keeps it from coming from this place of like, oh, I just have to get more. I just have to get more. I just have to get more. Um, like recognizing when enough is enough in a certain area and maybe God's calling you to something else. Um, and again, that's like, as a Christian, that's something that you just like continually pray through and whatever. But we just wanted to point out, like it is a journey of growth and that's good. You just want to keep that in check and not let it become discontentment. It's moving the goalpost consciously. Right. Um, and so, I think that it's not about like, well, uh, um, I'm no longer motivated by buying this house. I'm going to buy a bigger house. Yeah. And so now I'm just going to keep up leveling my material goods because Mm -hmm. if, if that's, if that's your vision, then you're, you're not going to be content and you're not going to find happiness and, and that's not going to do it for you. Um, but, but there is a, I think humans need to be growing and need to be improving. And God created us to have this sort of continual growth pattern. The key is, um, having the sense of direction for how you're growing and what you're growing into. And that's what's good about vision too. It keeps you from just focusing on, Oh, buying more stuff, accumulating more, you know, whatever. And it, I think it helps you. And again, this happens a little bit at a time, but I think it helps you shift your um, perspective to like, okay, like what impact 
um, can I have in my, my family and like my community and, um, how can I steward what God's given me to, to help the people around me and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that's, that's when it's fun. One of the most frustrating things that I hear is people saying, um, well, you know, I don't have any debt or we make pretty good money, so I don't need to budget. And uh, just it like it so frustrates me because I'm like, so what you're saying is um, you don't really need to be efficient with your resources to to really use those resources to do as much as possible of what matters, because for us, I want to keep making money. I want to keep growing our income. I want to keep growing, not so that we can just, you know, do cool stuff for us. Like I want to do that so that we can bless others and have an impact and have an impact in our family's life and have an impact in our community's life and like be really good stewards of what God's given us. And there's no way that I'm going to be a good steward if I don't have a budget to help me see how I'm using that money and how I'm able, um, to use it towards this direction that we're trying to move in. Yeah. The other thing we wanted to touch on here is like a lot of times people will say like, well, um, I'm having a really hard time with my vision because I have this health problem or, um, I'm having to be the caregiver for my parents or a child or whoever, Um, you know, different limiting factors that come in and impact the vision that you can realistically have for your life. And so I think, I think it's important to just recognize, like, we all have those things. Like everybody has different things and at different seasons, you have different limitations. And instead of having this, like, woe is me mentality looking at it and going like okay like I do have I do have this limit and that's okay but how can I optimize within that constraint yes well that's where the values come in right and so for us we have the freedom because we work remotely to live anywhere and so on our vision we could we could live anywhere but because of our values at this time and in this season, we have constrained ourselves to living in Tennessee because we care about being your family. Yeah. Cool. If you're just talking about where to live though, Tennessee is not our first choice. Exactly. But because of the, the limit of, of family, we want to be in Tennessee. And so then it's like, okay, how can we achieve some of the other values that we have within this, within limit? that constraint? Yeah. Yes. And so it, it is, uh, it's about optimizing the leftovers, if you will. Um, and so that kind of leads into the, 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 the last kind of couple points was about troubleshooting. And so if you're listening to this and you're going like, gosh, I, I don't know, this just feels really overwhelming or I'm really struggling to, to figure out how to set a vision. I I would first say like, no, you're not alone in that. Like most people have never written down uh, a vision for their life or a sense of direction. And it's hard. It's not easy. And, um, and so just getting something down and then knowing that you'll iterate on it is say, really important. Let it start really, really small, super small. And also like, it's, it's like brainstorming, yes. write down stuff. Even if you think it's stupid, write down, if like, you think just, it's crazy, just yeah. write stuff down and then you can go through and, and sift through that and, and build on it. Yes. And so that's kind of the, your, your point was you know, start really small. And then the other point I wanted to say was one of the things that helped me when I started out was 
not so much thinking about what I did want, but thinking about what I didn't want. So again, this goes back to the running from pain thing. I think it's fine to run from pain initially. I think initially, I think eventually you're going to want to shift that, but you can use avoiding pain as a way to get started with your vision. And so for me, that looked like, well, I don't really know what I want to do with my career and in the future and, and that kind of stuff, but I was able to look at some guys at my old job and go, I know I don't want that. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but <laughs> I was I was looking at guys that were 20, 30, 40 years ahead of me and the career that they built in that particular industry, the expectations in that industry, the expectations in that career path were ones that I was not willing to, to make. And so I was looking at them and I was going, how do I avoid that? And that was my initial vision was I want to budget and manage our money uh, and give ourselves some flexibility so that I don't end up there. And I think that's a perfectly fine way to start. And so if you're struggling to, to write down a vision of what you do want, start with what you don't want. So maybe you don't want to have to retire in debt. That'd be great, right? I don't want to retire and still be in debt. Um, maybe you don't want to have to be uh, working when you're 75. Cool. Like that's something great. We can add that to the list. Um, maybe you don't want to not be able to buy a house um, until you're 45, right? Maybe you're 25 right now and you're like, gosh, I mean, if I can't buy a house by the time I'm 45, I'm really going to be upset. And so those are the types of things I would start with. Those are the types of things that I started with. And then over time, I was able to transition them from the avoiding of pain to the the achieving of, of a dream or something like that. Yeah. So to wrap things up, your financial discipline needs direction yes. or else it will be drudgery. Um, and so just, you know, remembering that one, the alternative to discipline is disaster and that two discipline without direction is drudgery. And so if it is feeling like drudgery, you need to go and find that direction. hundred percent. And if you would like some help with that, you can check out our, um, vision document template at mapped.mini.com slash vision. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. That's it. Bye.